0: Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it all! From the fight capital of the world, Las
1: Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. Junkie Radio. We roll
0: What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are back we get to talk about UFC 298 which is in the books took place this past weekend at the Honda Center in Anaheim, California, our old stopping grounds. So, yeah, man, there's lots to unpack on this card. No guest because we're going to go strong here talking about all these huge fights. The UFC deserves it. They put together a great card and then the fighters guess what? Came out and delivered. Maybe a couple maybe a couple ran away or did whatever, but look, still I was happy. I this is the MMA that I signed up for. And looks like the next few cards are gonna be pretty jacked. We'll tell you about them, especially UFC 300 with their new main event. Is new main event, is that the right term? Or their announced main event? They didn't have an old main event. Uh, They didn't have a main event. So yeah, we have a main event for UFC 300. And yes, we'll be right back to start the show. usually goes we talk about the fights that's what we heard for i really believe in that but today's spinning back like if you noticed we went to ufc 300 first mike bond made a good point when we were talking things through we talked about this so much how can we not lead off with it so i think i'm going to do the same here and then that way we can get we can just take our time with ufc 298 but uh hill versus pijeda for the light heavyweight title You've had some time to let it marinate we heard your thoughts over there on youtube on spinning back click but for the podcast audience share your thoughts again and then you can even take in what what mike and matt wells said those were our panelists on this
1: week's uh spinning back click and i i thought they made some good points too i don't want to sound like a negative nancy uh, because I'm, I'm gonna give them their props the ufc did everything they could to yep. make this something enjoyable for the fans, for the organization. I honestly don't feel like whatever they put as the top billing is gonna sell them that much more pay-per-views. I think this was just all about making people happy. You don't right? think Connor would uh kind Except, another- of exception of Connor, maybe. But I mean, if yeah. you're that hardcore of a fan, I think you're you tune it, you tune in for the card anyway. Right. Uh, so really what they what they were doing what they went through was just to make people happy and you have to you have to commend them for doing that but at I some agree. point it's just not in the cards you know and it wasn't happening and you almost risk what's going to happen after 300 cuz look after 300 yay we're all going to be happy right on monday maybe through wednesday we're still going to be talking about it but we churn the page. What are you going to give us at 301? What are you going to give us at 302? 303? That, that's who we are. And when those cards don't add up, that's just how fans are. What the hell? This is bullshit. You know, I probably would have saved that fight for something else because it's a good fight. Don't get me wrong. It's a great fight actually, but it didn't give us what we probably needed for us to freak out over UFC 300. So I would have just called it quits. I would have just said, "Look, we really, really did try. This right. is this is what we have. It's still a tremendous card. You pay. You're paying the same thing for UFC 300 that you did for UFC 298, UFC 299. You're you're paying the same thing. You know, we tried, but this is what we got. We're sorry. I would have done that because uh, now the one thing that kind of stands out for me a little bit in this fight is." how are you going to have a guy that clearly said he wouldn't be ready until later? Now, all of a sudden he's ready to me. That just feels like the manager
0: said that, but the the manager manager is in in touch with him. I
1: get it. Yeah. But when have we ever, have we ever heard Jamal Hill jump out and say, I want 300, I want 300, right? Like he's always said, like, I'm taking my time. I'm going to come back strong. Um, If you kind of look at him, like not to take a shot at him, but he still looks kind of big. So, to me, it just has that feeling of somebody saying, I may not be ready, but I just can't pass this up because of the money that's getting thrown at him and because of pay-per-view points. I kind of get that, but at the same time, man, I want to know who the best is, and I want 100% Jamal Hill or whatever he can do to get to that to face 100% Alex Pereira. That's what I want to see. And if it means I have to wait a little bit for it, I'm okay with that especially when you have such a good card even without it. So that's what kind of bothered me a little bit is at the end of the day, this sport is about trying to figure out who the best is. And I don't know that we accomplished that. I think we just kind of went for what's going to make everyone happy. And that's not what sporting events, that's not what sport is about. Yeah. Well, as you're talking, I'm thinking, how do you think that conversation went with Hill? I think that meeting probably went a little bit like, uh, can you do it? And probably, I don't think so. And then then he goes, but
0: would you do it for this? So let's just say, uh, you know, a a former champ, he might be at the 500,000 level or 350,000. It doesn't matter. No, I can't, man. It's still a little sore. You know, I've been doing some light training. Okay. But would you do it for a million or a million five or two? well, shit for that. Hell yeah. I'll go out there on one leg and try. And that's Mm -hmm. the part where you're like, Hmm, are we getting shortchanged? You know, or did he go, give me two days and I'll talk with my physical therapist and we'll run some tests and maybe I'm a little more ahead of schedule. You guys are catching me off guard. And then he goes and he does it and he goes, fuck it. I'm ready to go. I'll take the money. And you know what I mean? Like that's the part we don't know. And so that's why it kind of, it's a little bit of a turnoff. But at the same time, I'm so tired of complaining because you nailed it, goes You nailed it. These guys tried. It sounded like they were trying to give Leon so many different options out there, you know. And we don't know what happened behind the scenes with Connor. But then I heard that they were trying to even get John Jones. I respected Jones for for not compromising. I don't want to say his integrity, but every, you know his legacy. You know he's undefeated. You know, and he's probably thinking, eee, maybe I could get in there, but I want to be a hundred for Aspinall or Miocic because." I can't afford not to be because I want to protect this. You know, like, I I, I give him some respect. I mean, I'm assuming all these thoughts and conversations are happening, but I follow the sport, so I have an idea that something close is like this. I'm mixed emotions. The the announcement was a letdown, but only because the UFC blew it up. But then how can I chastise the UFC for blowing it up? They're supposed to do it. They're promoters they are supposed to tell you they're going to give us something special. And in the end, they did. But Hill versus Pajeda... Two big dudes that can sock each other up, that's money. We'd be saying Jones and Miocic are too old. We'd be saying, oh, McGregor, he's been gone for four years. What's he going to be like against Chandler? And they're coming in at 185, and it's not for a title. You guys are forcing it down our throats. You know, like we wouldn't mm-hmm. have been happy with anything. It's just that the announcement you
1: could tell was a plan G, plan H, not a plan B or 1A or nothing like that. And what tells you that is how they announced it. If they felt like they had money in the bag, you would have heard that on that pay-per-view. Uh, at some point they would have cut to some promo and the whole arena would have erupted. I think they felt like if we play this shit in the arena, I think we might get some booze. Not that it's a bad fight, but just it's not it's not Connor. It's it's not fucking John Jones. Like those are kind of like the feelings that I think people will. Will say you promised a steak, you gave us a burger. I think that's why Dana White announced it the way he did.
0: Yeah, and like I was saying on spinning back, like you also would have had a chance for Rogan to talk about it, mm-hmm. and he obviously has great things to say about highlights from fighters, and you would have had John Anik chime in and Bisping a highlight reel, a highlight package. You know, I don't know if he thinks well that takes away from the fighters that are fighting that night. I disagree. You know. I think you know, if if you think you've insulted Toporia by doing it after his win, make it up to Toporia by including him on a future big matchup somehow. You know, like, we're you know, I don't know. I I, I just love it when they used to do big announcements in the middle of a pay per view. And before it used to be like, well, we only have a three hour pay per view, otherwise, we have to pay these huge fines. Well, now you don't. Now you're on this in the streaming world, and your partner's USB, plus you can do a four hour show if you want, nobody cares. But yeah, it was Dana White not doing it at the press conference, just kind of giving it to us on social media. And like he, even though he does the old what's up everybody, you know, like you can just tell he wasn't glowing, I guess. is best way Yeah. To describe
1: it. Yeah. It's a good, good way of describing it. Cause I, that I understood that the second you
0: said it, mm-hmm. if he would have started off like a cat that stole the canary, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like wait till you hear this. You would have seen it. I didn't see it. It just looked like he was like delivering on a promise to give us what he said, which was the main event, but bracing himself like Hill versus Fajeda? You know? But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, at 100%, if they're 100%, I hope they're 100%, that'd be money. But yeah, now 301 takes a hit, because I thought Fajeda would have been great in Brazil. Even though he says he can do it, even though Pantoja can be a part of it, I think Fajeda would have been your guy there. So could you have just given us Edwards versus Bilal. I don't know. The same thing you told us about really He's won ten in a row. He's cleared out the division. He's next. That's what Bilal's done. Why? Why can't we just get that one? You know, I would have taken that one at three hundred.
1: <laughs> I nah. guess he
0: didn't want it to be his main event. But yeah, Nunes versus Tate at two hundred. We all lived through it. You know what I mean? We in the end, we all lived with it. So,
1: yeah, man, it's just uh, it's just such a weird feeling because it feels like a letdown. But honestly. The card is amazing. It's great. Uh, it's just just didn't live up to what they said. I guess.
0: Toporia defeats. Uh, Ilya Toporia defeats Alex Volkanovsky. Ugh. I. Uh, I had a bad night gambling, and this contributed to it. But you know me. I don't care who wins and loses, aside from the bets. Mm-hmm. Um. I just like a fight that plays out, and I wouldn't have minded the same result, but in round four. But what can you do? The guy's not supposed to not hit him as hard as he can. You know what I mean? I, I, I was, it, it was interesting to see Volkanovski win round one, and then I wanted to see if he could mix up some wrestling and some grappling, if that would tire out Topuria, just so I would know what to expect out of Topuria going forward. Didn't get that far. Topuria beat him. Fair and square. I loved everything about it. I loved the finish. I loved his reaction. I loved his family getting into the octagon, and they were all dressed for the occasion, like it was the most important night of their son, nephew, brother's life or whatever. It looked, it looked like a really classy family. Volk, it saddens me that he feels like he needs to get it back right away. Uh, I know he goes through a little bit of anxiety when he's not training, I hope that's not a future tell of, you know, any issues he might have. Luckily, I think this is only a second, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, KO of his career. But they are back-to-back. And I got to believe that the one in October where he rushed it on 10 days might have impacted this one. Who knows? It says when you get hit on the button, the next ones come a little bit easier. Right. You know, who knows? Um, But – the the reason i don't harp on it is because i don't want to make it sound like had it not been for october there's no way taporia could have knocked him out because no that dude's heavy-handed he's a g man he sniped him
1: yeah i mean it just doesn't help right right uh a lot of guys probably would have fallen to that punch i i agree with that but but when you look at alexander Volkanovsky, you look at his history he's also survived a lot of shots like that he's taken shots Uh, You don't fight Max Holloway as many times as he did and and not take a hard shot. So you do kind of go, man, You know, was it just too soon? And I believe it was too soon. But uh, the fight to me did and didn't play out because what I saw was a patient fighter in Ilya Tapuria. I was actually kind of harping on him at the end of round one because I felt like he could have done a little bit more in a championship fight. We were talking about the experience. That's what Volk- Volkanovski has. You just don't let rounds go away. And I felt like Ilya Teporia took that first round off, and maybe cal- was trying to calculate when to strike, and maybe that did work in his favor. Watching the fight, I don't feel like it's a nine out of ten Teporia, but I do give him his props, and I do think it's it's a little bit closer to six and four or something like that. You know, Volk did have a, a good round in that first round. But now, like, when you look at it, what kind of Volk are we looking at going forward, right? Like, is this kind of the new standard for him? I don't know. But I will say this, that I feel like uh, some of the decisions that Alex Volkanovsky has made in his career may end up hurting him long term. Because while it was great to see him go up to 155 and not just face a lightweight face the best lightweight and give him a run for his money i think it should have just ended there the second time i think it was too much and he he could have really really i think he's already the greatest uh, featherweight of all time but he could have really just cemented that the way gsp does right when anybody ever gets close they just seem to not be able to get to him when they fall i feel like he could have done that for his division and now Taporia, when you look at what he's done And what's ahead of him? All the guys that Volk has already kind of beat the hell out of, those are the guys that are left for the most part. He could stand to maybe do something like that and catch Volkanovsky a little bit sooner than everyone else because he's got to win over him.
0: If the poor, sorry, if Holloway beats Gagey, this is at lightweight, he's the BMF, he doesn't really walk into a title shot, even though Gagey's kind of been promised one for beating. Poye, but then they're saying the winner of Oliveira versus sarukian gets one. And then of course there's the conor McGregor effect, he can drop in at any moment. But does that if Holloway beats Gagey, in a way, did he kind of become the number one to Toporia? I think so. I think he does. Um that's another that's thing. About- it, right, having to go through Gagey in a Fuck way.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that kind of uh is something that is going back to UFC 300, that to me was a fun fight, right? When they booked that. That fight means a lot more now. Now that uh, Volkanovski is lost, it means a lot more to Max Holloway. So uh, different eyes on that fight. But yeah, I would think so, man. I think that's the fight to make, especially if he gets a win at 155.
0: I mean, Evloev is undefeated, but he just looks like he'll suck the life out of a pay-per-view, the fight itself, respect to you know that record, 18-0 is impressive, and he just beat Arnold Allen. So it's not like he's a chump. I'm not saying that. But ah, like there's something to that style of fighting where unless you're Habib, who's charming as hell, can speak the language and all that, like, uh, you know, he had the rivalry with McGregor. But unless you kind of tick a bunch of boxes, it's really hard to pencil you in. And then if Yair does something great against T-City, Brian Ortega in Mexico, mm-hmm. who knows? Now, I will say this. I know that the UFC wants to go to Spain, but they ain't going to go to no damn Bernabeu Stadium. You've seen how much he's rejected McGregor, you know, going to Croke Park in in Ireland or Leon Edwards in any of the stadiums in in uh england now granted that part of the world england it rains a lot so uh imagine ireland similar i've never been there i don't hear about it as much like like it does in london so maybe they they don't have to worry about the weather but he also talks about production and the elements and things like that that doesn't mean they can't have it at a proper arena in in uh spain but he's going to have to face someone that he said he wouldn't have to face. It probably won't be Volk, because I think the UFC will say, bro, take some time off. And uh, it could be Holloway, but then if Holloway loses to Gagey and gets smoked, who knows? It could be the winner of Yair versus T-City.
1: You know what, man? The UFC is such a wild card, and hearing Dana White speak at the press conference and kind of say, I think somebody had asked him, do you think Volk should, should fight next? And his stance was, well I'm not a doctor and if a doctor clears them, who am I to argue like, man, those to me are just the the words of uh a villain, a bad guy or something you know that that's kind of planting the seed for a future decision and I just think that's that's the wrong decision I, I'm with you I think uh, yeah, I'm not a doctor either but but i've I've lived on this planet for forty five years and there are patterns. And right now we are seeing Volkanovsky go through a pattern that we've seen before. And it only gets worse. You know, you got to kind of stop him from hurting himself. And I think he can, I think he can rebound from it. He just needs time off.
0: It's almost like there's a cop at the corner of of an intersection. And you're like, hey, we got to throw a bitch. We're running behind. And it says, well, it it doesn't say you can. And then the other person goes, well, it doesn't say you can't either. Like it does, it does sound devious a little bit. And the reason I bring it up is because then Dana White will say, I love so-and-so, you know, and so yeah, you're right. And if you've seen it and I've seen it and he's much closer to the game, how does he not see it? That that's not a good idea to throw him back in there, regardless of what a doctor says. You've seen it like you've seen that. A fighter can benefit from the time off. We're not saying rest him for three years. We're just saying, like, you know, how you guys go to New York in November or, in, or the end of the year in Las Vegas in December? Do that. Mm-hmm. Even October is more than six months. It, I, I would say you can't bring him back before six months. You just can't.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. Not you you not can't
0: do it. It still means he fights twice in one year. Um, it, you can't say, well, he's got to feed his family. No, because you were supposed to have overcompensated him for taking the fight late. On late notice versus Islam the second time around, so that's what that was for to pad that bank account, the risk versus the reward. You know, in the end, it didn't work out. But now, think about these these guys and gals are assets. The minute they retire, that's one less person that can headline a a fight night or or co-main event our main event a UFC pay-per-view. You might lose Cejudo as well, right? And have you groomed no ones or have you groomed new ones? I should say, well, not really. Because that's why you're in this pickle with UFC 300. Because you got some fighters that make too much money, some that are injured, some that have to rush back just because you need a card, some that you don't want to feature because they've won 10 fights in a row. But yet, nah, you know, and I'm talking about Bilal Edwards in that instance. And what was that? What did we have the other day? Who was it? Um, Dolice versus I can't remember who the other guy was. Uh, Imovav, I believe. Like, mm-hmm. no one was into that. Like, they're, I'm not shitting on them as fighters. It's just no one recognizes those names. So right. people are watching college football or people were into the NFL playoffs, whatever it was. It was a few weeks ago. It just you're gonna have some of those weekends, you know, which is kind of a waste. Like you should always have a main event that pops, and then the rest of the card will tune in because the main event pops. That's what they do in boxing. But that main event just there was two guys that didn't speak much English. They didn't it was a sell it much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyways, yeah, uh, Volk, see you in October, November, December, or if they go to Australia early next year, just do it. Trust us, you'll thank us,
1: you'll thank us for it later. The, the thing is about Volk, too, George, is he's not one of those fighters where, like, say, like a Stipe Miocic, if he's not fighting, you don't hear anything about him, right? Volk is a guy that somehow finds a way to stay relevant, stay in the news, you know. that... that that video he made was so hilarious, man. And just like, you know, cooking with Volk, things like that. He just, uh, he's a charismatic dude. Like, I don't think he's going to lose anything from being out of the spotlight for for a moment. He just has to rest. And nobody said you have to completely walk away from the fight game, but just no training camps, no no getting hit in the head and just rest and come back and be the monster that you are.
0: Yeah, I agree. And to think he came so close to beating Islam Makhachev the first time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, he'd still only have the one loss. He'd be a champ, champ. I don't think he would have defended both personally. I think he would have just said, I accomplished it. I'll go back to to 45, and then who knows how things would have played out. I mean, maybe play, things play out a little bit differently, but he got shoved into this matchup, and I don't know. I, I think it had
1: repercussions. He may have made a decision that Jamal Hill just made. You know, one of those where you sit there and you go, ah, oh, I already lost the guy once with a full camp. Now you want me to fight him with a shorter camp, but it is a lot of money. And look what's come yep. from that, you know? So maybe that's something that Jamal Hill could have sort of looked at a little bit. and And, but who knows, man, like it's so hard because it is a lot of money and this is a sport where you can go from making a lot of money to not as much money anymore.
0: Think about how many baseball teams have shut down a pitcher, even though they're in a playoff hunt, because they just know this could get worse, whether it's elbow or shoulder or something. Yet if we shut it down, we can start tending to that fight or player. Then we got the whole offseason and then they're ready for next season. You just have to think a little bit as them as assets. Think about what Walter Matthau told Tatum O'Neill in Bad News Bears. You're done, kid. You know, and they were playing for a title, if I'm not mistaken. He yeah. just said, you're done. Like, I don't want to hurt you any further. I want to see a little bit more of that. When it, and I shouldn't say this. I was say, especially when it comes to the great ones, what the reality is, I guess, yeah, that there are more valuable chess pieces to them. I don't see Volk stopping anytime soon just because he is in his mid-30s. The old man Volk thing came out of nowhere. He won his last fight, by the way. Oh, no, no. He lost that one to a lightweight, a great one. But then he won mm-hmm. his last featherweight fight um so I, I i didn't think he was old or anything yeah yeah I, the old man thing came out of nowhere and i don't want to pretend like Tuporia wouldn't have won the fight but all right we spent quite some time on this let's talk about the co-main event paulo costa versus robert Whitaker. man what a kick that i thought that kick would have knocked out Whitaker. it would have knocked out a lot of uh, people Sp- spinning kick to the head it was on the money and <sighs> credit to junkies production team that is allowed to feature b-roll from ufc fights did you see how big paulo costa's legs are when they were doing the slow motion when kenny was doing the slow motion on spinning back click uh like a tree click holy cow like dude, that
1: doesn't it it almost seems like more than a baseball bat hitting you in the jaw Mm -hmm. yeah and i feel like maybe 10 more seconds he could have maybe gotten the job done at the end of that round. So for Robert Whitaker to not only survive it, but bounce back, it just really shows the guts on that dude. I mean, he really is one of the top middleweights in the world. And Look, man. I mean, Izzy's got his number. There's no way around that, but Izzy's got a lot of people's numbers. You know, he's one of the greatest to ever step in to the cage. So we just had to figure out where Robert was after that DDP fight. And I think for me, it feels like he may have maybe had an off night. Combine that with DDP having a good night, because DDP is has won since they won a title, which kind of helps Robert a little bit, right? But I think Robert Whitaker has shown that uh, he's still really good. And if he had to fight DDP again, I don't know. I mean, despite DDP winning that fight, I might still put, if you put a gun to my head. I might still say Robert Whitaker.
0: Yeah, d Robert Whitaker's underappreciated, but I, I understand what you were saying on spinning back click, spinning back click. We keep talking about spinning back kicks on spinning back click. Robert Whitaker seemed like he matured. You know what I noticed it was the face-offs that he had on fight week. Mm-hmm. Like it just seemed like he was kind of holding his own a little bit more, and he wasn't he wasn't gonna smile or just I don't know. There was always this embedded gives you this feeling like, man, I'm just showing up to collect this check, but boy, I can't wait to play eight, eight hours with the video games. And right. You know, I mean, yeah. he's, still, he's still playing his video games or whatever, but I like what he said. We like to get there early 10 days, early acclimate, you know, so he's investing some money, you know, and it looked like he left the family back home. I've always been a fan of that. Uh, he's got his dad with him, but yeah, he was facing off. It was different. I, I he looked different. He looked more focused. And I've seen him do the chicken dance a few times. But, man, he kept it together. And then he came back and, and won those rounds against a tough guy. I I don't think Costa's stock dropped too much. He faced
1: one of the great middleweights. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done the chicken dance, whether it's, you know, like in football or something? Like, it, it really is scary because your legs just don't react to your brain telling them to move. And so mm. you just kind of overcompensate compensate, but that's in a sport where you're not gonna potentially die. Like I can't imagine having that feeling in a fight, you know, like that that's just to be able to bounce back from that is pretty nuts.
0: I've thrown up because of a hard hit, probably a hot day or something like that. I've fallen on the football and got the air knocked out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I've gotten hit so hard. That I am on the ground just kind of clearing the cobwebs a little bit. But one hard hit I remember was it was a, it was called Bull in the Ring. And that's when you're just kind of on your feet and you're shuffling your feet, and the guy blows a whistle and he calls a number, and everyone surrounds you a little bit. So you don't know where you where that hit's coming, you know. It's actually probably not a good drill because if you're just like, Well, where is he? Where is he? Oh, there he is. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> guy named john kelly he was actually the coach's son he wasn't really known as a hard hitter but he was an offensive alignment and he lit me up good where i was like oh like i felt like my brain did move a little bit and the stars kind of moved um uh, but yeah i'd never been knocked out i don't think i've chicken-legged but that was probably the closest where i was like whoa like i need to sit down mm. yeah it's pretty nasty yeah I want to see Costa fight soon. There's too much time goes in between his fights. Unfortunately, I think Whitaker needs to take a fight because DDP just has something too special there with Izzy. We know they're not on 300. They're probably not on 301 International Fight Week, perhaps. Or as the UFC, do they got plans for the second half of 2024 by going to Africa, by going to Spain, by possibly going to Georgia? Who knows? We can't wait to find out. That's for sure. But uh, that one's hard to get away from. And if you don't do that one, then you might run it back with Strickland just because he's so popular at this point. And mm-hmm. the fight was, you know, pretty decent. And then there's Cannonier. Uh Cannonier was an alternate when Strickland fought Israel. He's won four of five. His last one was over Vittori. So he has taken out some good fighters. I my point is I just think Whitaker needs a he's gonna fight someone next. And then if he wins that, maybe he'll get a title shot. As long as he's not Izzy, because he's 0-2 against Izzy. So that's that's the part you have to navigate. That's the fun part though about a deep division
1: with possibilities. I'm telling you, man, this division is so much fun. And there's there's other names too, like you know, Brendan Allen, there's Hamzat Shemaev. There's just so many people that are fighting for these spots. Luckily, Paulo Costa did say he's healthy. He does want to get back in there. So the anytime there is a card that has Paulo Costa's name on it, it's just that much more of an incentive for me to buy that pay-per-view because he's going to entertain me leading up to the fight. And I know I'm scared if he makes it or not. But once he does, um, he doesn't put on shitty fights, really. I mean, might have shit the bet a little bit with Izzy, but the dude just all he knows how to do is walk in a straight line.
0: Let's talk about Ian Gary versus Jeff Neal. We didn't talk about this too much, on, well, at all, on Spinning Back Click. Spinning Back Click. And uh, we got to talk about it. So I thought Gary was going to have a bigger week than anyone possibly. Think about if he would have had a more colorful pre-fight press conference. Maybe uh, an incident at the hotel or something like that where security comes, and now he knocks out Jeff Neal. We might be talking about him the way we've been praising Marav really. I felt like he was the star of the week, aside from Taporia, because when you win gold, you're obviously the the man Mm -hmm. of the match, we'll call it. But Marav just was – he made fans. I think he might have won Dana White back. Remember, White wasn't a big fan of him and Sterling not fighting each other. He made a fan out of Mark Zuckerberg matt wells man great job on today's panel pointing out this guy actually gets more decisions than wins and yet he's not hated on but right. anyway Ian gary that that didn't go that way he didn't you i think he might have only had to talk once or twice and it was the same thing he said post-fight you guys are talking about me boo all you want you know but they're i don't know like i, I was expecting more and then in the fight maybe it's because he has long legs but Like he said, what do you expect me to just walk into Jeff Neal's fist? No, I got to move from him. But it's the way that he kind of shuffles his feet and he resets. It looks like he's running. I thought that Jeff Neal had that could have won that fight, man. He really could have, but he just he didn't do enough. And I think Ian Gary backed into the win.
1: Yeah, I thought uh, Ian Gary lost a little bit of steam because of the performance. But also, too, just his demeanor before, you can't play that role of being the villain, being the heel, but then shake the other guy's hand at every second you're in front of him, right? Like, it just kind of takes away from it a little bit. And so I thought his, his stock should have risen in a win, but it didn't. It either felt, It either feels the same or it dropped a little bit. Maybe it's yeah, the playing the heel the didn't work
0: out heart. for him too much, right? Because yeah. I don't know. Like I, I I like that he embraced it, you know. Okay, you're gonna boo me, then I'll just I'll I'll come at it. But uh I've seen other guys get booed more and just come out differently, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I think a lot of it had to do with boo me all you want, but I just knocked out your boy. That's different from boo me all you want, but I just kind of put on a boring fight. You know, and and kind of ran. So I like Ian Gary. I like him being. We need bad guys, you know. I, I like him. I don't like his aunt I didn't like his antics too much against Neil Magny. And then as far as the mugshot, yeah, that's fighting. I think that's that's a line you can cross. I don't think that's the end of the world. That's public. It's out there. The Gary, the Magny thing seems a little more like he. he ran with something he said and now guess what he's had problems because of custody and you know you're making him out to be a uh, not a wife beater but a, uh, what is it a kid beater or i don't know mm-hmm. whatever that term is
1: you know. abusive father or something.
0: abusive father there you go yeah i mean we move on because that's that's what you gave us ian gary you didn't give us too much i will say this he can throw up a head kick pretty impressively it gets oh, under, and he snaps it i really like that um but I also like Jeff Neal's hands. Jeff Neal just needed, he had to know that he wasn't going to be flashy, so he needed to over-impress the judges to get that 10-9. And we'll get to that in just a second when we talk about Dern and Lemos. But now oh. let's go to Mirab really and Henry Cejudo. I do want to credit both guys, even though it went to a decision. Seeing Henry Cejudo towards the end of round three with about a minute left, I thought, you know what? he could easily just go, ah, I ain't getting up. And if I do, this guy's taking me back down and these hands just aren't flying. Go ahead, write it out on top of me, you know, or I'll turn my back and the ref can... No, man, that guy, he really does have an Olympic spirit, a sixth gear, whatever you want to talk about. He managed to get up, but when he did, he just couldn't break away and throw some hands because that was all he was left with was the Hail Mary. But still, he does seem... Like a studious guy, uh, a, a pretty decent fight IQ at times, at times, and I I wish he would reconsider. Unless he's got a serious injury, I still feel like he's a top five bantamweight. I his cringe grew on me. It's just he ran into a guy that could be a future champion in
1: Ravi really. You think if it's about if it's about making money, yes, there's money to be made. But uh, if it's about winning titles, I, I think that door might have closed this weekend. He He just started to slow down, you could tell, and it, and it wasn't, it just felt like you know, the wear and tear on a guy who was an Olympic athlete is just way different than just the normal wear and tear on a mixed martial artist. Like his body has been conditioned for battle in some way or form, probably since he was like five years old. That's a long time to be a peak level athlete. So I would say, look, he's probably got a future in analyst work if he wants it. And he's got a thriving YouTube channel. Just go be a dad, man, at this point, I think. Uh, unless he's willing to to fight knowing that he can't be the best. Yeah, he could pick up some checks here and there. But I think some of the top guys uh, are probably going to have his number. But the way the UFC handled him at the end, I think, says a lot to you about how they're going to be moving forward now that he doesn't really have that leverage anymore.
0: What's your stance on that? Towards the end of the show, Mike Bond, who was their cage side, told us that Cejudo did take his gloves off. So he didn't take them off when they announced the winner, right? You got the referee and then the two winners. The gloves weren't off there. I saw that. But then they talked to Murab DeVaz, really. He won over the crowd even more. Apparently, that whole time, Cejudo stayed in the octagon, mm-hmm. took off his gloves, but they didn't give him his moment. He was asked about, sorry, Dana White was asked about this in the press conference, and he said, "Well, this was about Marab. He's already tired, retired once. He could, do, he could just do it post fight." But then we heard that after all the pre, the post fight press conference, apparently he requested time, and the UFC said yes. But then they ran behind, and then apparently he didn't. Dude, let me tell you something. Cringe or not, he was one of your champions in two different weight classes. Uh, I think you could have given him that. If he was clear that he wanted to retire in the press conference, I don't see why they couldn't have done that. Like, I think that part's messed up. The part inside the octagon, I guess I kind of get. But yet again, I still think he's one of the all-time greats. Like, yeah, he might have retired once. And maybe this is Dana. Payback. So I'll give him that one. Payback. But what's it payback for? Because Henry just said, hey, it's time. He wasn't ever too public that it was money in public. I think that was more behind the scenes. Maybe he was difficult and I don't know this. Who knows? Dana White, younger Dana White did seem pretty vindictive. Older Dana White seems like he lets go of things. We'll get to Vandalay in just a second. But um
1: what'd you think of all that when you when you kind of heard Mike give us a rundown? I thought it was a little childish. I get where Dana what Dana's saying. It is Murab's moment. But Murab didn't win a title. He just won a big fight, right? Had he won a title, maybe I could stomach it a little bit more. But at the end of the day, this is one of the greatest fighters that's ever fought for you. Uh, Whether he wants to retire once, twice, three times, I think you give it to him because you have nothing to lose. Yeah, There's nothing bad is going to come out of it. You're not going to lose fans. People aren't going to walk out of the arena. The dude deserved it. No, I I think he did. And I I just think it it was disrespectful. And these are the type of things that I wish fighters would see when when the UFC wants things from you and all that. As long as you're making them money, they're your best friend. But at the end of the day, you don't mean shit to them because the second you're no longer useful, they're going to let you know that. And they're going to let you know that by doing things like this. To me, it was just absolutely disrespectful, and it was uncalled for. I just don't see how him doing that affects anything in a bad way. I don't. Murab already had his moment. He won the fight. It wasn't a title fight. He had his moment, That just gives the guy his. And I I bet you if you asked Murab, he'd probably say the same thing.
0: Yeah, he actually had some nice words to say about Henry, too. Plus, I was going to say, younger Dana White, vindictive Dana White, was the Dana White that was struggling to, you know, keep his company afloat. The whole Tito and Randy stuff. Now they're filthy rich, ultra successful. They're not constricted to a three-hour pay-per-view. They really could give Cejudo a moment because Rogan's the one holding the mic. So you've seen plenty of times where the, where the athlete goes ah, like they want to say one more thing, and then they just walk away from him and say, "Henry Cejudo, everyone." So they they really could have done it. And my point. Another thing I wanted to say was. Doesn't it almost seem like, yeah, I may not have liked the way you exited, maybe the things you said, but the minute you shake hands on a new deal, doesn't that kind of squash everything in the past? Yeah. Yeah, you would think. You would think it kind of does, unless you shake hands and go, but don't think I've forgotten, motherfucker, you know what I mean? Like, You would think that it kind of squashes it, and now it's like a clean slate, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That kind of bugged me when, when Mike Bond told us all that. I, I thought Henry deserved that moment if he wanted it. And if they didn't give it to him then, then you definitely make room in the uh in the post fight.
1: Right. Unless and you don't you want didn't, him to say then, the truth.
0: Yeah, maybe it was that, or maybe you heard things behind the scenes. Who who knows? Uh all right. And then of course the first fight of the night was we, we didn't give this guy any time on spinning back Like, We only go over the top five stories of the week. No disrespect to Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, but, man, I really loved him, his win over uh, Roman Kapoloff. For one, he he made fans. He flipped them off. He stuck his tongue out at him a few times when he, when he got hit by him. He took his back. You know, he you could tell he played up the crowd really, really cool. He made the most of it. I really like the fact that he made the most of it i think i wouldn't say he became a star but he became he took another step you know towards becoming one good on him good on him that was very very excellent matchmaking and decision making having them open open up the main card and i thought
1: hernandez delivered yeah that uh he probably won't get the respect that he deserves but that's that's kind of like the quintessential performance that you want to open up your pay per views. I thought he did a great job. and I thought a couple of had good moments too. It's just Hernandez just has this way of winning, man. I don't, I don't know how to, like, I can't say he's exceptional at anything. He's just really good everywhere, but uh, he finds a way to dig.
0: Didn't it almost remind you of um, Nate Diaz when he was on his back flipping off mm. uh, the crowd? He had or Kurt Pellegrino, I think, in a triangle. Yeah. I felt like it was that type of moment a little bit. Of course, the Diaz brothers are super, super popular because they're gangsters 24 7. This guy doesn't he doesn't hang around the sport much, other than when he has to fight. Mm-hmm. But he's a Northern Californian Mexican American. Who knows? I just want to give him a shout out. Let's get to Dern and Limos. On fight night, you and I thought Dern pulled it out because we thought it was one one going into round three, and we thought Dern won round three. And then they said Limos, unanimous, all three judges. Then I go online and I tag Sean Sheehan and Big John McCarthy. Those guys love talking about the uh, scores and judging and refing. They're passionate about it, and so that's why I just decided to tag them. I'm like, am I a moron? Am I not getting it? And you and I had to like basically live throughout, through the, the whole night, just wondering what the heck happened. Well, it turns out, oh, and MMA Decisions had everyone either on limos, winning or even ten ing darn so no support at all i went and watched round one i don't think we're as crazy as the scores indicate Limos tagged her in round one for about i think two or three minutes like really nice like move you know and uh avoid a punch and then slip you know mm-hmm. so she was moving and slipping And she made Dern look pretty bad on a few times where Dern would then throw and then Lemos would slip very nicely, either footwork, head movement, or combo both. So it almost looked like a little amateur hour at the beginning. But then she got that really nice takedown. I mean, it was like an Olympic type takedown, wrestling takedown. And she held her down. And there were some times where she threw a few elbows, landed some good punches, So I felt like she closed the gap on Lemos to what she had done standing. Because Lemos didn't really deliver. Like, she had some nice punches, but she never wobbled her. And so then that was about two, over two and a half minutes. It was about 2.44 of her being on top, trying to mount, trying different positions, just dominating uh, Lemos on the ground and mixing in some punches. That's why I thought she had done enough to maybe even the score on the effective striking or the damage and possibly because she landed on or she stayed on top and finished on top. That ground work that she did where she was offensive and she was trying to get into dominant positions, even though she didn't go for fight ending submission, she wasn't just riding her either. She was trying to always improve. She mixed that up with some ground and pound. That's why I thought, man, this is a Dern round and it could be one-one. I also see, because of the first few minutes of why maybe it was the Lemos round, I just didn't think it was like, I mean, we got to look from Twitter, the chat, like, (laughs) are you guys fucking high? What's wrong with you guys? Like, And, dude, I carried that the whole night. Like, am I, you know, like, do I need to educate myself on judging again? Like, the whole night it bugged me until well, i finally watched it again and, too, and and see it that way now i feel good about it now i feel good that all right so you gave it to lemos and all right so did the rest of the mma decisions um but i i wasn't as crazy as i thought it was i thought it was still a pretty close round
1: well even if you go back and you hear the crowd's reaction a little bit and granted Mackenzie dern is somewhat of a hometown girl there and and uh people root for her a lot but i don't know man like uh i didn't think it was that outrageous she thought she won i thought that was weird you know like the way uh i think no matter what whether you think you win or not you kind of wait to hear your name she just jumped up and it took her a moment like somebody actually come over and explain to her that she lost but that was a gutsy performance from her that's something that like i don't know man like i've seen this this woman take a lot of damage in fights, even fights that she wins because she's just willing to go forward on all times. And when she got hit, I, I thought her, eye, I thought her eye socket was, was jacked up. I thought she had a, she had broken her orbital bone. Uh, her reaction is very similar to a lot of people that react that way. And she just kind of fell like a bunch of bricks. But even through that, she was able to kind of fight through it and keep going. And uh, that's just that's who you want on the roster. That's the type of person that I think uh, young women watching the sport will look up to. So as much as it sucks to have an L next to your name, uh, this is probably a proud moment in her career I think that she can look back on. But she's just got to find a way to make fights easier for her because uh, she's been involved in too many of these types of fights. Just get to the wrestling and the grappling earlier. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: like I get it, your strikes set things up, but dude, you know, get, get to it a little sooner because along the way, you do take some hits for sure. I agree with you there. And I, I see Mackenzie Dern having a future in MMA. For one, she's a lifelong martial artist. She accomplished a lot in submission grappling and she's actually held her own. She's been top 10 for a few years now in, in MMA, but I could see her being on a fight fight announced team or an ambassador for the ufc you know she's got a beautiful smile uh speaks you know multi languages she's got respect from the community it's not just someone that came over that can grapple but she you know gets down her fights don't suck she's popular so yeah at some point if this ain't your thing don't 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 stay longer than you should and i i'd still say continue fighting but just get to your strengths get to your strengths and that's get to the wrestling and the grappling a little bit earlier. And then maybe once you wear down your opponent and they have to be desperate and they can telegraph their strikes a little bit more and they're tired and their arms are flimsier, then maybe that's when you can turn on your striking. Who knows? Here are the results for the rest of the fight card. We kind of went through the whole main card, and that was the main event of the featured prelims. Marcus Oshero de Lima stopped Junior Tafa. leg kicks in round two. Tafa stepped in for his brother who uh, was out. Uh, this was the late switch. Justin is the other guy's name. Rina Nakamura defeated Carlos Vera. I could not have been more wrong there, but he looked great. He, he, no, it was, no, it was this one. It was the Zhang Ming Yang fight that I could not have been more wrong. That's the one that w- I was told that he's had an easy road to get to the UFC and Brenton Rivero Hidberto would take him out. Nope, he didn't. Uh, Nakamura was the big, big um, favorite goes who went against Vera from Brian Hall's team. He was Huge like- favorite. Leg attack guy, but it was a lot closer than those odds. But in the in the end, Nakamura won, and Ming Yang won, and then Danny Barlow. Holy cow! He he really, I think if Mackenzie Dern was sitting next to anyone, or, or you know, she had to wait in line for the uh, plastic surgeon, it was because they had to attend to Josh Quinlan. Holy cow! He had some brutal uh, hematomas and bruises, and I was jacked up. It was like he was in a car accident. He sure did. I mean, he looked like he got hit with a baseball bat. And then you had uh, Oban Elliott defeated uh, Val Woodburn. Miranda Maverick defeated Andrea Lee. Uh, the The UFC handed out five bonuses on this fight card. They had a fight of the night, and they had three performances of the nights. The fight of the night could have very easily gone to Whitaker and Costa. That was a hell of a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, it went to Lemos and Dern. Kind of don't have a problem with that, honestly. Yeah. And the performance of the night went to Mingyang, Hernandez, and Toporia, which means that, let's see here, Barlow didn't get one. And I thought he deserved one. <laughs> you know, he fucked, he messed up his face. And then I'm a big fan of leg kicks too. That's unique, you know, so I hope they get taken care of. But I'm on my crusade where I just feel like all finishers should get one he said this broke the record for the honda center uh so the gate they made money at the gate in 298 probably sold pretty decently because it was stacked share that with your fighters for crying out loud that's what you've done before you've done it on fight nights why wouldn't you do it on an epic uh pay-per-view card that sold well did well got talked about i just think it's an exclamation point and
1: you can go home feeling pretty damn happy. Mm-hmm. Hey, just uh, while we were talking here, I got sent, uh, you got sent it too, I saw there. The belts that they're going to give out for the PFL Bellator card, pretty cool. They're special belts, you know, and uh, they look pretty cool. So obviously we can't, there's no way to show you guys that, but uh, it is. I think it's a good looking belt.
0: Okay, I'll take a look at it in just a sec. We're almost done here. Um, the salaries, the the, the uh, state of California releases salaries. So thank you to the California State Athletic Commission. I'm not nosy, but we're used to this in other sports. We know what the stakes are.
1: So mm-hmm. this is just something I find very interesting. Yeah, me too. Uh, that's a good thing for fighters to know what other fighters make is very important for them. Understand their value and and what they bring to the table, so I I actually think that's a good thing.
0: I find it hard to believe that other athletes see this and say, Oh, this is bullshit. I think a lot of athletes got something out of this by seeing what other people are getting paid. It it will help with negotiations. I think you might have said that, but uh, let's go over this. Toporia made $350,000, no win bonus. And I don't believe he, he gets pay-per-view cuts either because he was the challenger. Now, here's why I bring that up. Because on spinning back click, somebody from Facebook was laughing and saying, man, that guy don't get no pay-per-view points. I think we're talking about Jamal Hill or maybe he got paid more or pay-per-view points. Well, you're, you're, that guy was right and not right because there's been some fighters that have managed to still negotiate pay-per-view points even though they're not champions. So it is possible, but it's not often. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky got a flat $750,000. Paulo Costa, $250,000 just to show. Ian Gary, $110,000. 55 of it was a bonus, so he made 55 and 55. Jeff Neal, $108,000 just to show. Murad Duvalishvili, $210,000. So he got $105,000 and one hundred five. dollars Henry Cejudo, one fifty dollars just to show. Uh, Anthony Hernandez, $130,000. He got sixty six and sixty six. Roman Koppeloff, eighty grand just to show. Amanda Lemos, one hundred sixty thousand. She got eighty and eighty. Mackenzie Dern, two hundred thousand goes Damn. just to show from Mackenzie Dern. That means that's more than Jeff Neal, Henry Cejudo, and and not Paulo Costa, but more than Henry Cejudo. That that bothers me a little bit. Um, yeah, that's a former champ, champ.
1: Like, how's he not at Dern's level there? That's weird. That's super strange, and I understand. See, that's why this is important for people to find these things out. Yeah, I bet you this is going to raise some eyebrows. The rest is all right. I
0: guess, yeah, Marcos Hagerio de Lima, he's reached 100 and 100. He got 200 for his. Junior Taffa, 23, just to show. Rinya Nakamura, 46, 23 and 23. Carlos Vera, 12, just to show. Zhang Mingyang, 20,000, 10 and 10. Renson Ribeiro, 10, just to show. Did I just say that? Uh, Danny Barlow, 20,000. That sounds terrible, huh? Because it makes it sound like Ming Yang, Nakamura, same thing. I don't mean that. Mm -hmm. Danny Barlow, 20,000, 10 and 10. Josh Quinlan, 12, just to show. Oban Elliott, 20,000, 10 and 10. Val Woodburn, 15,000, just to show. And Miranda Maverick, dude, 75 and 75. 150,000. Andrea Lee, 70, just to show. This is interesting, isn't it? It is. Anyway, all right. let's wrap up. Let's get on out of here. Go out and be a champion. Until next time, see ya.